Welcome to another episode of Connect and Move Radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna, and in today's episode, we'll be talking about training and competing like an like a triathlete. Today's guest is Vanessa Sulavi. She's an active athlete and Ironman certified triathlon and running coach. She is the founder of 101 Training, which brings together runners and triathletes with the desire to learn how to swim, bike, run, or become better overall athletes. Vanessa, welcome to the show. Hello, Andy. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about your story, Vanessa. Um, how is it that you got to where you're at? Well, uh, um, I've pretty much been uh, involved in sports um, since I was super young. I had a like, uh, very sporty, you know, bigger brother, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is usually the story of many of the girl athletes around. So I would be like, you know, running around him. If he would go into tennis lessons, then I would be there in tennis lessons. And uh, I guess that um, after being uh, competitive in tennis for uh, uh, some 10 years and then also being a competitive swimmer, like super young, um, after college, also getting involved with a soccer team. I played for the national team uh, back home in Venezuela and... uh, you know, somehow uh, one thing led to another. I started doing marathons. The marathon took me straight to the triathlons after a while, and uh, I was totally hooked. So I stayed. <laughs> I stayed in triathlon for, I would say, yeah, I would say about 20 years now. Wow. I've been involved, yeah. Okay, okay. So did anybody really, like, inspire you to do marathons, or you are just like, um, these regular sports are, you know, not kicking it for me. Let me just do... 26 miles yeah I mean it was kind of funny I was uh I was really involved uh with soccer at the point and Mm -hmm. um a friend of mine like one of my teammates she said you know I'm gonna do I'm starting training because I'm doing a 10k this weekend because I'm looking like for you know something else and Mm -hmm. and then she's like I want to do a New York marathon I was like what a New York marathon that's like 20 miles and she's like no it's 26 and I'm like that's (laughs) really crazy like there's you're not running around the ball you're like you're just running nowhere like what do you want to do that she's like I don't know like I'm starting to like this running thing and then she like invited me to do a 10k with her and I was like oh wow this is actually pretty cool (laughs) because it's like a different challenge like soccer you you run and you stop and you run and you stop and like just maintaining the pace was already a big challenge for me Mm -hmm. um and you know I sort of took the challenge with her and I did the New York marathon I, I was like it was a really beautiful experience like it's you you know it's you against you like and nobody's relying on you to pass the ball so it's you have like a big responsibility on yourself um and you like you sort of like put pressure on yourself but it's also like it drives you mm-hmm. and I don't know like I did I did like four marathons in a row Jesus. and and then like it was like you know one and then I signed up for another one like in a period of I don't know let's say it was like two years I think and I still play soccer uh and it was actually pretty manageable like playing soccer and doing the marathons at the same time it, it was it was okay like the off season of soccer you would do a marathon like it it, it wasn't uh really that hard to mm-hmm. cope with doing both sports um but as soon as I discovered uh triathlon also through a friend that you know she convinced me that I should do a a triathlon because I was already 
involved in swimming when I was young. Like I had done a lot of swimming and I had a background with, with mountain biking. And she was like, no, 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 no. You need to try this. Like this is another level. You, you can do three sports in one race. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and I have to say, like, it totally hooked me. Like the first race I did, I was like in love with the sport. And um, at that point, I was still playing soccer. Um, a little bit less competitive. I was no longer in the national team, but I was still, you know, pretty committed. And there it got tricky. Like I would, you know, go on a bike ride for 60, 70 miles, like a four-hour bike ride, and then I would have a soccer match after. Wow. And that, I mean, that third time I did that, I was like, no, this is not okay. <laughs> and I decided, you know, you know what, you know, bye-bye soccer, and I committed to to start competing and and going for it. It's interesting because soccer itself, I mean, I forgot what the research says and all that, but I think it was like 10 miles that you guys do within a game because of the running back and forth. So it's almost like you're kind of used to endurance, but there's short burst of it. Um, so I can definitely see the, the the transition. What really hooked you? I know you said it hooked you. What was one of the big things that got you? Because running itself, I would find that for a lot of people, including myself, it's not something that comes very natural and something that people enjoy. Uh, but especially you coming from a team sport, what's what are, I guess, a few things that you found in marathon uh, training or marathon and competing in marathons that really got you hooked into the sport? I mean, I think that the mental challenge of um, of these endurance sports is what hooked me. Like, for uh, I mean, on one side, like not having the pressure of other people depending on you, like in a team sport. Mm -hmm. uh, but just putting the pressure on yourself on you know performing because you know you can and you have like this motivation to show yourself that you know you're strong I mean that hooked me like just like mentally I love mm -hmm. the, the mental pressure and pressure in a good way like the challenge mm -hmm. of of doing an endurance sport and I totally love the um, the changing sports you know between the in, inside the triathlon like changing from swimming and getting on the bike like all wet and like <gasps> catching your breath was really challenging it was like wow and then when you get off the bike and you start running it's it's even harder like your legs are like what are you doing like <laughs> and you're changing your muscles and it's a big challenge like mentally it's a big challenge and I think that that was definitely what hooked me so from teen sports to marathon to uh, triathlon. So now you have evolved into this endurance athlete. And then now you, with one-on-one training, you coach athletes or you, what, how is it that you work now with one-on-one training? Yeah, or correct. Or one yeah. yeah, correct. Um, uh, I don't know. It's kind of a funny story. I had already been competing, you know, for 10 years or so. And I like really committed to it and like doing a lot of international races. Um, I qualified for a world championships and in, in the half Ironman distance. And so I was like hooked with that distance. Um, and I was like constantly competing, like super into it. And then um, as I moved to the US uh, part, because I wanted to continue competing and I you know there's so many races here and like uh, a lot of um, competition, which is great for you to get, you know, better at it. Um, once I was here, like uh, a couple of friends, one of them being Dr. B, my, my physical therapist, my chiropractor, mm -hmm. he was like, you know what? I did a triathlon once, like a while ago. I would love for you to coach me. Can you coach me? Like help me get, you know, back into it. And I was like, um, okay. 
So I was like, okay, I think this is a nice challenge. You know, he's a friend. You know, I can be like honest with him and tell him like, listen, like I'm not a coach, but I can help you, you know, get back into training. Mm-hmm. So that sort of that was sort of an experiment, and I guess it was like two or three months after that, they actually he sent me like a link to the first Ironman University coaching program. And he was like, you know, I think you should do this. Like, you should pursue being a coach. I think you're really good. Like, you know how to explain things. Like, I have a couple more friends that want to, you know, want to start training. I'm sure you can, you know, start being like an official coach and get a get a team here in in Miami. And mm-hmm. that's and he's actually it's funny because he thought I was going to tell him like, no, I don't need to get certified. I know what I'm doing. And I was like, like 30 minutes later, I sent him the email back and he said, done, I'm registered. And he was like, what, really? And I'm like, yeah, I registered. I want to do this. I want to be a coach. I think this is amazing. And well, that's that's how I started. I did my certification. It was like six months or something. And then, I mean, just like that, a couple of more friends joined. And then locally, in I live in Key Biscayne. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful for like biking and running and swimming and everything. Mm-hmm. And there really wasn't like a local, local team. Like there's uh, several teams in Miami, you know, around and they come to train here a lot. But I decided, you know, like what I can just, I think I can, you know, come up with a small team in Kiwiscane. And that's how it started. Like a lot of athletes living here in the key. And then, you know, a bunch of other athletes just coming and joining us. And, and now, you know, now there's athletes that are actually live really far, but they still like coming and training here because it's it's a beautiful place to train and we have a really good atmosphere you know among the athletes Mm -hmm. so i don't know just like that it started growing (laughs) so little by little you you almost it's almost like you without a choice you kind of slowly transition into being this endurance coach that everybody was looking uh to get help from yeah i guess it was like it was i guess it was like meant to be (laughs) yeah so someone that i've Okay, not that I want to be, or you never know. Maybe I do a triathlon or a marathon <laughs> sometime in the in the future. But um, one of the things that I started doing this year, especially with all this pandemic stuff, just because we have a lot more time, is running. And yeah, uh, and just like very similar to your story, I I played baseball all the way through through college, um, and then from there, always trying to find that next kind of edge for me to stay active. You know, stay athletic. Um, so I've always trained kettlebells and strength conditioning and all that stuff. And I wanted to implement some of this running. So I started and what I noticed is one, it was difficult to keep up as far as like discipline wise, but the longer I stayed with it, that longer, that mental edge started kind of increasing that, that mental focus. Cause as you start to run and you're looking forward and you know, whether you're doing a mile, two miles, three miles, all the way to 26 miles, you constantly have to have this focus and the drive to continue moving forward, moving your feet, no matter how tired you get breathing and the focus just to get you through the entire thing and runner's high is is a real thing especially when you're done and you're just like awesome i made it whether it's a mile or 26 miles or whatever it is um so i can definitely relate to that um i don't want to say addiction but that sense of accomplishment when you go through a run and you finally get it and then you start to accumulate miles and volume throughout the month so that's something i'm starting is starting to grow on me but what are some things that makes, um, I guess a better question would be, how does one become an endurance athlete? Like you went from soccer to marathon to triathlon. Is there like a template for it or is it, is it more just like, hey, start running and build up? How does that work? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely there's a build-up, very important build-up phase, and it also has a lot to do with, like, your background, like your mm-hmm. athletic background. So, for example, like, the th- first thing I do is um, I give the athletes a questionnaire. It's like a 10-, 12-page questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Well, the most important thing that I need to know is, like, what's your background? Like, have you ever, you know, been in a, in a pool swimming? Have you ever ridden a bike? Have you played soccer? Have you Have you done anything? Because definitely it is a build-up thing. Like you will start super, you know, super easy. Um, you you don't want to force your body to be, you know, too uncomfortable at the beginning because one thing that can happen really, really easy is getting injured. And another one that can happen really easy is that you're going to hate it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you don't want either one to happen. So, I mean it's it's progressive and like starting to combine the 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 sports like you you're always gonna do uh separate you know the bike one day the swim one day the run one day and you're and you're just building up and you're building up and you're building endurance and then eventually i'm gonna tell you okay today you're gonna ride your bike but you're gonna get off the bike and we're gonna run and that's the way to do it and then uh all of this of course comes hand in hand with a lot of discipline and a lot of like desire to um you know to be healthy and to be just to become an athlete you know you have to want it like I told my athletes like listen this is something that you want you want to have in your life like it's going to help you in many other things because having the discipline to follow your training plan and you know get up in the morning you know you may might be sleepy half of the time but then you'll grab a coffee and go out and just do your workout is going to give you a lot of discipline for, you know, the rest of your life. And um, definitely it's it's a progressive thing. Like it's stupid to, you know, want to want to go out and run 26 miles unless you have three or four months behind that of training and preparing for that moment. Yeah, so definitely. So starting off, so it's not like I buy a, a biking suit, buy a giant, you know, a real uh expensive uh bike expensive shoes the best goggles and just start training for a marathon it should be more so you know getting a coach or at least some type of program to follow slowly and obviously depending on that person's background like you're saying um their athletic background did they do sports before you know what's their physical activity level now and then slowly start to build up um and like you mentioned to do to start to build up in the running, start to build up in the biking and then swimming, and then slowly start to combine the two within your workouts is what you're saying. Correct. That's the way to go. <laughs> what are what would you say are the principles or qualities of a successful endurance athlete? Wow. That's a lot of things rolled up into one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, definitely, I, th- I mean, uh, I can't say it enough, like having the discipline to you know, wake up every morning and even if you're tired or whatever, like you, you just have to remind yourself, like, I want this, like, I want this because I have a, an ultimate goal. And the only way to get there is to train for it. Um, definitely having like discipline, I would say patience as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is not the same as discipline at all, but being yeah. patient, like patient with your body, patient with yourself and also patient with your mind because your mind plays a lot of tricks on you like no this is too hard i am yeah. too fat i am so slow i'm never gonna you know i'm never gonna be a good athlete like 
having a strong mind and like working on it is very important like being patient on your mind being patient on your body like and besides i mean it's not it's not just about you also i think that a good athlete is a good as a instinctive athlete because i can tell you like listen you need to i mean this is not military school like you have to wake up every day and do your workout yeah but i always tell my athletes like you also have to listen to your body a lot like if it's too hard on you now you have to tell me and that day then you have to speak you have to you know skip that workout in particular but it's it's your instinct and you know the time and the, the experience is going to give you training when you're going to know like when it's just you know you're just a little bit tired and you have to push through it or you're like really tired and you're about to get injured and you have to skip the workout mm-hmm. so that is why it's so important to have like a lot of feedback with the athletes like every day i mean we have like a chat where we talk every day you know besides sending jokes and i'm like okay you guys it's serious time but what people don't know i'm sure they do but like athletes also write you know private messages to me like on a daily basis asking things that they don't want to ask in the chat or they're shy to ask or Mm-hmm. You know, coach, I'm not feeling well, or like, or I nailed the workout. You know, it was amazing. I I love that workout. I want I want more of those, but I do insist a lot, like the feedback, and that is where the importance of having a coach is, because if you're on your own, and you're not sure if you should, you know, skip a workout, or you're not sure if it's really meant for you that workout. You know, like it's too strong, and you know, you have to like having someone to like ask like coach are you sure this workout is for me like i feel like it's too hard you know i had a long run yesterday and sometimes i'll say you have to tell me like how are you feeling mm-hmm. do you feel this is going to be too much for you you're going to get injured and they'll be like yeah okay so um, let's skip it let's do this let's do that or i will you say you know what trust me go out because the following week is a recovery week and uh, i'm going to be easy on you but this is a very important, you know, weekend for you to train hard on Saturday and Sunday because that, that there's a couple of breaking points where the athlete really, you know, really can't get better if he, like, pushes through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not it's not easy. <laughs> you said, I mean, you said, a, uh, first of all, you, you said a lot, and thank you so much. I mean, you mentioned discipline, you mentioned patience, you mentioned, you mentioned consistency, which are all things that we've talked about. Uh, and we continue to talk about in this podcast and even myself with clients, because really you can't you can't really go anywhere w- with that. Right. It's not necessarily you can drink a pill and all of a sudden be the greatest athlete or, you know, really start to see results. It's you're going to have to put in the work. And sometimes it's it's going to be hard to wake up in the morning and put on those running shoes or go to the gym or in this case, jump on a bike and then to swim and then to run. Um, but it's that discipline that starts to build on those physiology aspects, that mental aspect. Um, and, and then as far as like the coaching, I, I couldn't agree more, especially when it comes to something like endurance training, where you're, you, the challenges can be very, very big and mentally they can be very, very big. And having a coach um, to, like you mentioned, for that communication, right, for that guidance, but also for that accountability, like you mentioned, like having someone mm-hmm. where they can check in or, hey, coach, I'm not feeling that well. And you'd be like, well, you know, what's going on? You start to ask a couple of questions and you start to realize that they're doubting themselves and it's not really that they don't want to, but, you know, they mm-hmm. don't feel like they can improve. And it's just a simple conversation or a simple message that can go a long way. So 100 uh, percent communication plays a big role. And I can only imagine, like you mentioned, and as an endurance athlete and endurance uh, training, it's even bigger because 
Um, what I'm starting to realize uh, throughout this throughout this year, as I train even more, is training to me is more of a it's ninety percent, maybe ninety nine percent mental, and then physical, right? It's usually the mental side that gives up before the body does. Like you mentioned, it, it'll be, it'll play tricks on you in the sense where um, you start to feel tired or fatigued, you know, during a workout, and a lot of times it's fear, fear that you're not going to be able to do well, or fear like you're not going to be able to finish, or whatever it may be. So having a coach or at least having some guidance um, to help you kind of navigate through those through that process is, is really big. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. So those principles are great. And for sure, as a coach, um, having somebody or as an athlete, having a coach or just someone that you can kind of bounce ideas off um, is important, especially through because I guess, again, training is is it's not easy and it's not meant to be easy but at the same time it doesn't have to be something that you are like you mentioned uh uh, uh like regretting or like scared of it's it's yeah. challenging i mean so is life but i think a big thing like you mentioned a big thing that training does and i think the 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 most important thing that training does whether you're a strength athlete or endurance athlete or just you know someone who walks on a day-to-day basis what training does at least what it does for me is it prepares me to handle the challenges of life because to me i see the challenges within my training the same way i see the challenges in what within my life whether it's stress because of work or business or relationships or communications or something that i'm going through training does the kind of same thing um so i find that training um can really help you like you mentioned help you not only with like the mental and physical but also outside of that so i completely agree with that yeah and also um like for many of my athletes, um, I have a lot of uh, adult athletes. You know, they mm-hmm. they have families, they have a job. They're they're yeah. very stressed <laughs> some, yeah. at some point, and for them, like this is like their escape. This is like yeah, where they enjoy, this. you know, riding their bike for three hours or swimming or being outdoors and just like forgetting about you know the terrible day at the office or their boss or the fight or whatever, mm-hmm. and. Um, when you're, you know, when you're training in group and uh, there's endorphins and we're all happy, everyone is smiling, like, you know, it's a nice atmosphere to be around. Like no one is training with a, like an angry face or like pissed at the coach or like, no, everyone is like super happy to be there, you know, sharing that moment. Like there's endorphins, like they're feeling great. Everyone is smiling. Like, you know, it's part of like that. It's For many, it's like their happy place, mm-hmm. you know? They may be going through, you know, a terrible job or just a very stressful job or like a problem at home or whatever. And they'll get be there and they're trained and they will finish their training. And they'll be like, oh, I'm renovated and I can go back to work or I can go, you know, I can start my day. Right. And that's mine. Yeah. And that's a very good reason why most of the trainings um, you do in the morning, like Mm -hmm. because you just, you know, start your day training and then you have this lots of energy and good vibe and you're positive and now you want to work you know you're like yeah let's do this i'm gonna kill it today mm-hmm. um sometimes if you'll be like oh i'm too tired i'm just lazy so i'll just go after work then usually you're already too tired because of work <laughs> and you get to work with another attitude you're like ah oh, my god i have to start my day working and you're always gonna regret like not getting that you know, that workout in the morning, because it really gives you like it twists your day, like your day starts with a lot of energy, like you're ready to do this. Yeah, very positive. Mm -hmm. So let's break it down uh, real quick. 
So we talked about the, the triathlon. It has the running, it has the cycling, and the swimming. Let's break out break it down into each component. And I want you to just kind of share, if you if you want, um, some of the tips and tricks uh, now that you've been doing it for so long and you've worked with multiple athletes. Um, yeah, let's just talk about that. So for running, what are some tips and tricks that you can give someone that's listening to help them improve, whether the mental side or the actual running, physically, like the physical side? What are some things that um, that you see pretty often? And yeah, just any tips and tricks? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the most important tip, I mean, running is a difficult sport. <laughs> it doesn't come natural to anyone. Like, it's really like you see people running like, oh, so happy in the street, but to get there, they went through like a phase Hell. of like, I hate it. Because yeah. at the beginning, it is tough. Like running mm-hmm. is tough. It's very hard on your body. It's hard on your knees. So definitely the biggest tip would be you have to start, you know, easy, short. You have to run 15 minutes and then 20 and then 25. Mm-hmm. And then you'll eventually run an hour. And once you are actually like into it and you understand running and you like it, then you have to start incorporating a little bit of like, variety to your runs because if not you're gonna get bored also like always running you know the same path for an hour um you have to like change it up a little bit like change where you're running you know like don't run always the same you know the same play don't run at the same place always and you can you should always start incorporating like a little bit of speed workouts where you change your rhythm like you start really easy you warm up for a while and then you go really hard for a couple of minutes and then easy again and then really hard again but for to get to this point, you already you know you know how to run. Like you enjoy mm-hmm. running for at least forty five minutes or an hour, and now you have you want to start getting better. So when you, my best tip for getting better is like changing your speeds, like doing one one or two maximum speed workouts uh, a week, and then the rest of the days you just run easy or you jump you run at a harder pace, but you know constant pace, like the same pace for 50 minutes or an hour what when it, uh-huh keep going sorry yeah so another thing is that i don't like people that run every day <laughs> and this is why i'm also such a big fan of triathlon and not just running because in triathlon you're doing three different sports biking is very good like it's a lot less harsh on your body than running and swimming is like the world champion of like not getting injured you know no no impact impact anywhere like it's wow so mixing it up with another sport even if you're just pursuing you know doing marathon and you're not interested in doing a triathlon you should still pursue doing another sport for a change you know once a week um either riding a bike just for fun or just swimming for fun but don't run every day like i'm I don't know. That's my coaching philosophy. I feel like it's there's too much impact on your knees and everywhere. Especially okay. if you're a little bit overweight, like forget mm-hmm. about it. Like you need to in that case, um you should really do a lot of strength training. Even more okay. so than just a regular runner. A regular runner st- still needs to do some gym work. Very important to do some gym work and get, you know, get strong to avoid injuries. Um, but even more so if you're a little bit overweight, like you have to take care of those knees. So you have to go to the gym and do some weights to protect those knees and, <clears throat> and the rest of your body. Now, when it comes for, uh, let's do cycling next cycling. What are some tips and tricks, uh, that you find yourself kind of repeating, 
um, and some things that the listeners can take away with. Yeah, cycling is uh, it's a lot easier than running, like not just because it doesn't have impact, but I don't know, like you get the hang of it uh, easy. But mm -hmm. a very important tip about cycling is that, I mean, not just getting on any bike and going out there. It's not about having a, a expensive bike or, a, you know, a high performance bike, but it mm -hmm. is about having the bike being uh, the correct size and the bike being fitted to you. Yeah. So I always tell my athletes, it doesn't matter if you spend, you know, $500 on a bike or $15,000 on a bike, which can happen. <laughs> wow. You always have to save at least 200 more dollars to get a fitting, like go into the uh, spe special, you know, bike shop and have a guy that's a fitter and he sits you on the bike and he tells you exactly where your seat needs to be at what height. So he will pull it up or down or forward and then making sure that the bike fits you. So that's my most important tip. Like after that, like everything else, I swear to God, it just comes naturally. Like the bike, you just start getting the hang of it. And of course, you just like, you know, start, of course, start short and then do an hour, do an hour, do three hours. Um, incorporate also, you know, doing hills or doing speed work. But none of this is going to work for you if you're not in the right bike. Like so in it's the important right size. Before getting uh, a super expensive bike, it's probably getting, it's better to have like a cheaper bike, but that fits you really well and then slowly build up and then maybe getting yeah. a second bike later on. So fitting is first, expensive <laughs> or Fitting is first as far as priority and then quality of the bike is second and yeah. then moving forward from there. Okay. Exactly. Then when it comes for swimming, what are some of the tips and tricks that you typically are telling your athletes? Yeah. I mean, oh, swimming is really tricky. <laughs> uh, if, like if you learn to swim, you know, when you were a kid and you were in swimming lessons, like it's, it's also kind of natural for you to start yeah. swimming as an adult. Um, but if you never, you've never, you know, being in a swimming program, even as a kid, wow. But swimming is very technical. So the challenge is never physical. The challenge is technique and mm. um, being patient, patient with it. Like th of the three sports, swimming is the most technical one and the one that requires more patient more patience on your side, um, the same. I mean, for that, you really need to get, like, a coach. If you've never swam in your life, at least, you know, getting two or three private lessons will, will explain the technique involved. Like, where should your, you know, where should your elbow be? Where, where do you put the hand in the water? What happens underneath the water? You know, where is your hand at all points of the, of the swim? Wow, it's like I can't even explain it here. <laughs> I'll have to like show you a video with about the technique, but my most important tip would be um, definitely, you know, getting someone that's either a coach or, you know, a friend that really knows how to swim to watch you and watch you and tell you like, dude, like, no, <laughs> like this is not the way to do it. And then, you know, go through some videos, technique videos on YouTube because that's a, just being really clear of what it takes to swim, like the technique involved, that's the most important part. So definitely finding a coach, at least for a few lessons, just to, because it's not just moving your arms and moving your legs. Correct. <laughs> you try to be as efficient as possible, so just so they can give you um, some more insight. Yeah. Now, th the big thing with swimming, because most of what I've seen is they, you're swimming in open water, right? Yeah, I mean, the races. Like, how do you get, how do you get, a, like, how do you get over the fear of, not being eaten. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that happens. That happens with a lot of athletes. I mean, usually like training a lot in like controlled, you know, atmosphere and controlled spaces. Like first, I mean, training a lot in the pool, which gives you uh -huh. the confidence that you're not going to drown because you know what you're right. doing. And then we, we do a lot of open water swim. So I just try to keep close to shore, like, like knee high. Like if you, if you get scared or something, they know that they can just stand, you know, in the, in the, in the sand and nothing's going to happen to them. And then little by little, you know, start going farther away, you know, in the, in the swim with the group, you know, that you're not alone. Let's get to that buoy, you know, nothing's going to happen. There are no sharks, et cetera. But it takes time. It takes time to build the confidence to like go out there in open water. So definitely, you know, having the knowledge and the technique of swimming in a pool and knowing that, you know, if it ha if something happens out there, if there's a lot of current or something, like you still know how to swim and you know, you know how to get to shore. And then the fear of animals. Well, <laughs> you're gonna have to trust that there's not gonna be any <laughs> any sharks or any alligators and I mean, usually we try to train like in close to shore, you know, in safe places. You have to become one with the water. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so it's almost like faith. You just got to jump in there and, you know, do your best as long as you're not doing anything crazy. A lot of uh, faith. Yeah. Okay. Um, awesome. 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 How can the how can the listeners get in contact with you, Vanessa? Um, I guess the easier way would be through my Instagram account okay. uh, at 101 training or okay. uh, at my personal which is at V-S-O-U-L-A-V-Y okay perfect and I'll have those links below you guys should see that at the bottom here at the show, on the show notes and then uh, you did also recommend I usually ask guests for book recommendations and you actually had two one was the shoe dog uh, the memoir by the creator of Nike yeah any reason any reason in particular why you chose that one i don't know just like one of those inspiring stories of you know how this smart guy you know has great ideas and just like the the the, ah, the insist, being insistent with your dreams like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm making it or i'm making it like believing in yourself is there's no other option yeah and the other one was uh, Chrissy wellington biography yeah she's an amazing triathlete as well like one of the best uh women triathlete out there and it was all about mental strength like her mm. her her strength was like just deciding that she was going to be you know the best triathlete in the world and that's it like amazing story as well i loved it okay and just to finish off the podcast usually i, I ask more than one question but just because i'm running out of time here i'm going to ask you one question and just this is just to get kind of get to know you a little bit better and uh yeah, we usually call it a speed round where I feed you multiple questions, but this time it's just going to be one. And that one is, what's your greatest fear? Wow. I think it's easier if you just shoot me a bunch of easy questions <laughs> instead of one difficult one. Hmm. My biggest fear. I don't know. I guess my biggest fear would be falling out of love with the sport. <laughs> Got it. Got it. All right. So this last part is just thanks. Um, and I like to give three thanks typically at the end of the show. And the first one is to you, Vanessa. Thank you for taking the time to jump on the podcast. Um, I have learned so much about being uh, or trying to develop uh, as an endurance athlete. 
um, and those qualities. And then again, those tips and tricks that allow us to kind of keep moving forward. And, you know, just as a, of a contact like yours to be able to reach out anytime uh, for questions and, you know, hopefully coaching later on um, in the journey. So thank you very much for jumping on the podcast. Thank you. I'll be able to be in contact and I hope to see you as a triathlete soon. Absolutely. And the second thank you goes to our listeners. Thank you very much for jumping on um, and just listening. You could have been doing anything, but you took the time to listen to this episode. And we hope that you found uh, and got a lot of information. And the third one goes to uh, our clients, to our students and those who we get to work with on a daily basis. Thank you very much for believing in what we do and finding the value or seeing the value in what we do. Thank you very much. With that being said, this is Connect and Move Radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna, signing out. Hey there, Andy Fortuna here, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. I love the opportunity to connect and share information with passionate people just like you, and would love the opportunity to do the same for others. So please take the time right now to leave a five-star review and help spread the word about this podcast. Thank you so much for your support, and see you on the next episode. Hold up.